Welcome to Elevate with V, a nurturing and collaborative community with the mission of empowering you to overcome challenges and to live your most extraordinary life. I'm your host, V, and through my own healing and transformational journey, I've encountered a wide variety of healers who have all in their own way shared one universal message, that every storm has a silver lining. Join me in each episode as I engage in meaningful conversations to empower us to transform our darkness into purposeful light. On this podcast, we elevate. So let us journey together and be lifted up to our greatest potential. Welcome, everyone, to Elevate with V. So excited to be here with everyone. So this podcast was inspired by my own healing journey. I aspire to share amazing healers and coaches to help us each elevate on our journey so we can keep aligning with our soul's calling and gifts. I can't wait to introduce my guest today. Welcome, Laura. So Laura is a spiritual life coach, speaker, podcast host, best-selling author, Reiki practitioner, and the founder of Hearts of Healing Center, a nonprofit organization devoted to bring more love, light, healing, and hope to the world. She is on a mission to elevate the collective consciousness by bringing a cutting-edge healing technology to her community, creating spiritually illuminating events, and facilitating soulful women's circles. Ooh, I love it. Welcome, Laura. You can tell I was on a roll with the thesaurus that day, can't you? <laughs> yes, I was like, Ooh, I'm just, yeah, I'm loving the sound of all of that. That's amazing. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you in the real where we could see each other's faces. Yes, yes. And so, as you know, this you know, podcast is about healing journeys. So I would love to know kind of where your journey started when it came to stepping into your healing journey. So what event or events kind of took you on the path? Mm, That's a good question, because I've had so many, (laughs) I've had so many healing occurrences within the last couple of years. But really, I would say, um, the, the place where I started was um, the deepest, darkest hour where I, I crashed. And I jokingly say I ran away from home, which I don't always advocate for my clients that I coach. Um, it's not the best way to get through things, but it was the best way for me. Um, I had been uh, managing uh, a business, an event business, and I was spending about 80 to 100 hours a week. Um, it became my identity. I was pouring all of myself into it. And so if it was successful, then I was valuable. And if it was floundering, then I was terrible. And it was floundering. And I was having a hard time with that, as along with many other things. I had been, um, had no concept of self-care. Um, maybe I ate one meal a day. Maybe I remember to drink a glass of water. Um, very little sleep. Really pushing myself. I took pride in working while sick. I took pride in working while tired. Um, I had no tangible relationships to speak of. All of my friendships had gone by the wayside. Um, My marriage was really functional uh, in terms of he was my business partner. So we saw each other a lot, but there was not a marriage going on other than just for the business. 
And everything crashed down one day, a particular client, a particular event. And I had I had been through many patches of depression. And I had kind of some low-grade depression throughout those times in the business. And finally, I just hit a huge, huge dip. And I was just like, this is it. I can't handle this anymore. I got to get out of this place. Got to get off this rock, this planet. And so in driving home, it's about an eight-minute drive from my office to my home. In those eight minutes, I had God, the divine whisper in my ear, another plan. And I'm very grateful, very grateful. And I heard, go to your happy place. Go to your place of calm. Go to the ocean. And I, we were you know, running, running a business, trying to run a household, um, running a very cash intensive, labor intensive business. So there was not a lot of extra resources. So to think about, you know, taking off on a vacation seemed frivolous, but I was so desperate. And so I literally grabbed one tote bag, a phone, <laughs> an iPad, some technology. I had to take my technology, of course, um, and a few clothes. And I headed off in the direction of going to the coast of Texas. But because there was not a lot of resources, I kind of was running out of gas and I altered my plan and was able to stop in Austin, um, my birthplace, and find a friend's home. She was on vacation and stay at her house. And I was so out of sorts. I had no voice. I could not communicate with my family. I could not communicate with my husband. Um, I look back now and I realize I was so dysregulated in my nervous system that my whole system basically shut down for me and said, okay, girl, you don't have any more power. You don't have any more resources. Um, no talking, no thinking, uh, just lay in the bed. And so for a couple of days, there was just a lot of crying and uh, a little bit of texting. It wasn't so popular then and letting my husband know I was, I was safe. Uh, that I hadn't committed suicide. He'd, he'd witnessed me kind of plotting and planning and was very concerned. So letting people know I was relatively safe and then just going through the experience of being a mess and feeling all the feelings and getting triggered by anything. Like I just, I went into Walgreens to buy a couple of things and I felt naked and I felt so sensitive to everything around me. I just couldn't even be near strangers in Walgreens. I just ran out. And I finally had enough um, time alone that I was able to reach out to a friend and a very dear friend who's very good at holding space. And uh, she said, you know, come meet me. We had a favorite place um, called the Steeping Room in Austin. It's a tea tea place. It's, it's a ladies who lunch kind of place where there's nice tea and nice sandwiches and healthy, healthy food. And we affectionately renamed it the Weeping Room because we had a lot of life events that would go on there. And we'd have a lot of deep conversations there aside from this one. And um, I remember with great gratitude that the space that she held for me while I processed all that was going and I I feel like I just brought this big giant bag of dirty laundry and just spread it all out and I thought we were going to have to wash it and get the stains out and fold it and put it away and she was so gentle and she said you don't have to make a single decision today and there are people who are in business that are running at high speed and they're you know they're in their sympathetic nervous system and they're always go 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 and they're always in that executive function where they're trying to make decision after decision after decision my decision maker was broke and it needed to be broke for a while so it was such a relief to not have to try to gather the the mental faculties together to make any kind of plan that i could just 
sit in the mess of my life. And I was, like I said, very, I'm very grateful for how tenderly I was held by so many people and resources that I could take that kind of break because I know there are people that cannot. So that's where it began <laughs> in a tea, a tea room in Austin, Texas. Well, it began in San Angelo, Texas, but uh, a tea room in Austin, Texas is where it is starting to get sorted out. So let me ask you, because when you were at that place, you're like, well, I just need a break. I'm just going to pack a bag. Did you tell your husband or did you just say no. you didn't? No, I disappeared. And I I specifically remember driving. And so for your listeners or viewers who are not familiar with West Texas or San Angelo, I call San Angelo the last pretty place on the way to nowhere. We are not known for our natural beauty or our vast number of trees and green vegetation like Austin or some of the other bigger cities are. And so I just remember driving and looking in my rearview mirror, kind of a flat landscape and the sunset behind me and just bawling my face off and looking in the rearview mirror and thinking, is this the last time I see my home? Am I am I leaving my home? Am I leaving my marriage? Am I leaving my husband? Am I leaving my business? Like, like I didn't even know what I was leaving. All I knew is I just had to get away, had to get away. And I, and I didn't tell him because I was just so out of myself. Uh, and I'm very, very grateful that I have a really amazing, understanding, loving husband who, um, again, held me in that space and checked on me the best he could and, and, and let me have that time. Wow. So when you said that, you know, did you always have a strong connection with Source, God? Because when you got that message, how did you know to like, listen? Uh, well, it kind of felt like, um, death or cake, you know, like you're really suffering and you're, you're, when you're suffering in the depth of an emotional outbreak, what I know now from working with people with emotions, you're, you're not always looking for getting drunk. You're not always looking for a cocaine hit. You're looking for relief from the emotional pain. So my adult brain, you know, that was just so overloaded with, with hormones, it, it saw death as the cessation of all of the pain I was feeling. And source basically offered me something else that looked like relief or peace. And it sounded beautiful and good. Um, It wasn't really until after I got to Austin and I unpack that dirty bag of laundry, it took several days before I heard the voice. Um, And in fact, on my last trip to Austin, um, through a beautiful synchronicity, I went for a walk and was with a new friend who asked me to tell them part of my story. And as I got to a place along the river, I got to the place in my story where I actually had been to that same location at this time I'm telling you about. And so I was saying to them, and there's the park bench that I sat at and considered what the hell am I doing with my life and what am I going to do or, or how do I how do I navigate this and I remember thinking as I sat there I had headphones on I was listening to some music that was very soothing um, I was watching leaves um, drop and float down the water down the river and the song that I was listening to, I felt like I was watching my own music video. It it was so soothing how 
nature was working together with the sounds in my ear. And it was at that time where, and again, I know my body was finally semi-regulated, but it was at that time I finally was able to hear what I would call source or my inner voice. And um, some ideas started to bubble up that were going to support me with the transition from a very disorderly, intense, not happy life. Um, even if it looks shiny on the outside to the life that I'm now continuing to craft. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. I mean, I am sure that whoever's tuning in, I mean, there's so many aspects of what you shared where I know each one of us can find ourselves in your story, you know, especially when you go through that, what I consider to be like that rock bottom moment or rock bottom moments And you're suddenly at a space where it's like, wow, what am I going to do? Which way am I going to go? And, you know, the guidance does kick in. It's there. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it has to be in this space where we're just sort of like, okay, I'm just going to be open now because I just don't know what else to do. And so when you're flat on your back, (laughs) the only way up is up, you know, and to be able to look up and to, and to hear that, um, yeah, the, a big takeaway that I I got from that and I've used here recently is when you're in that space of just being so mentally or emotionally um, unbalanced, one of the best things to do really is to just stop and rest, like to just do the basics, drink water, eat food, lay down, cry, you know, chop wood, carry water kind of thing, but just really just super basics to return to just a natural rhythm with yourself. And then it it will come in because you're still, you're no longer busy. (laughs) It's the stillness that invites, invites in um, and welcomes that voice. That is so true. So what I was going to ask you, I know you shared a little bit about Thankfully, having some support system, having a place to go, then connecting with this other friend where, you know, she was he or she was able to just hold the space for you and not make you feel any kind of way other than you're exactly where you need to be right now, like not to put any pressure on you. So where did it go from there? Did you end up like then going back home? What about the business? Like, what did you end up doing to slowly start to heal yourself is it kind of like these little steps that you're saying because you also talked about this kind of crazy work situation that you had and marriage which was like oh I don't know what's going on yeah it it really began um with a exercise that was brought to me by spirit that I started to work through on my own there at the water um, with the tunes in my head. And it's actually a practice that I have brought into my coaching practice for my clients because it does help you return to your center. It helps you tap into your values. It helps you tap into your creativity. It helps you look at your must-haves and your can't stands. It also lets you look objectively at things, you know, like there were things that I'm really good at. Like I'm really good at bookkeeping. But it's going to kill my soul if I do it as a, as a living. I can't do that. I can do it for my business until I get someone else to do it, that kind of thing. So um, I did this exercise over a series of days with uh, three by five cards. And I kind of had a few answers in front of me, um, but I couldn't piece them together. And I drove to another place that was helpful. And that was my sister. And we sat in a coffee shop as 
sisters do. We, we coffee shop a lot. And I gave her all my cards and I said, this is my brain. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. And she is was studying to be an attorney. She's very good at sorting through data. She's very good at looking for patterns. And she put all these cards in a in a, almost like a tree. And then she was showing me the connections between all of them that I couldn't see for myself. So I think, you know, again, what I learned from that is when you're in that space, you really need to have another set of eyes on your page. And hopefully it's someone that, you know, cares about you that knows you pretty well, or it, sometimes it doesn't even need to be someone that knows you well. It needs to be someone that's objective and that can look at things and see things from a different perspective. And so she was able to kind of show me those. And that gave me an idea of what I needed to go home and do. And part of that was I needed to go home and put in some practices that were for me, that were just for me to bring some energy back to me. Um, I set a boundary like for the first time probably in my whole life. Um, And I said to my wonderful warrior husband, I'm like, I can't do the business. It triggers me. I can't talk to the clients. It makes me nuts. It's going to make me crazy. And so he basically kind of stood in between me and the clientele and was the go-between and, and worked it out. And we eventually got rid of the business. So that was a huge relief. Um, and the thing that I found that uh, it just kept popping up. And so this is always a clue to me now. And of course, I'm sure it's a clue to others is if you keep having something come into your field that's prompting you, if you keep seeing it in the mail or on the TV or your friends keep talking about it and it sounds at the least bit intriguing, if you're attracted to it, it's for you, like follow it. So Zumba kept showing up. My friend was like, oh, you got to go. It's so fun. It's amazing. It's great music. And I was like, oh, no, not for me. And then someone else said it, you know, and then eventually I heard about it and it was going to be for free close by. And I thought, fine, fine. I'll go check this thing out. And I remember my first class um, going to it. I was, I hadn't danced in years. I was wearing all the baggy clothes because I didn't like how my body was because my poor body had done its absolute best, but I had treated it so poorly. So it was extremely deconditioned. And I was in the very back of the room trying to keep up. And the instructor was so lovely. It was not about being on the right foot. It was not about being on the beat. It was not about performing well. It was about having fun. And nobody, nobody had ever given me permission in the last couple of years to just have fun for the sake of fun and make mistakes. And so I stayed with it for a little while and I was out of breath the whole time. I left for the bathroom. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going home. Like I'm 30 minutes in and I come back out and there's one more song and it's, oh, this is a good song. It pulls me back in. So I toughed it out to the very end. And I remember her putting on like a very soothing song to like do the cool down. And, um, and it was uh, called just the way you are. And I just had tears streaming down my face and I couldn't figure out why. And it took me a little while to recognize the feeling inside of my body because I hadn't connected with it in so long. And it was joy. Joy had shown up and I hadn't, I hadn't seen joy in a long time. I mean, she was around, but I probably locked her out of my process for quite some time because I was so focused on performance and people pleasing and deadlines and all those other things. And so my way forward was saying no to certain things, saying yes to things that I felt were nourishing, healing, or gave me a routine or a rhythm. And then yes to things that, um, that I used to do that brought me joy, which was dance. 
Oh my gosh, I got chills when you shared that, you know, the song that was played. I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. I still, anytime I hear it now, it, it, you know, it activates me in a very, in a very sweet way. And I do, it takes me back to that moment of just being free. I didn't have to have, no one expected anything of me. I didn't have any expectations of myself. Everyone there was so accepting. Um, there was the relief that you get, you know, after exercising. There was just such peace. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And I kind of love, you know, the little pieces that you're sharing in here is that there's all these signs and guidance coming in. And it's like when you started to kind of just like pick up and notice and follow those little leads, it's like, it's taking you on these different journeys and like, what a beautiful thing to discover, right. For someone who's like, man, I'm not even going to go to this. And then you get there, you're going to leave in the middle of it. And then you stay because you're pulling and we know how this works, right? Like you're like, Oh, I think I'm done. And then that one song comes in like, Oh, okay. I'm just going to do this one more song. And then in the next thing, you know, you were there for the whole thing. And in some sense, yes, the joy, but it's also like it hooked you. Right. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I love the feeling. This is something for me. And um, just, I love that you shared that. That's so beautiful. So then did you become an instructor or? Yes. So um, my husband says that I only um, get passionately in charge of something when I'm interested in it. So basically, you know, if I like something a lot, I will dig deep into it. I'll get really involved in it. Um, I used to kind of think of myself as a hummingbird that I couldn't stay still and that it wasn't a good thing. But now I consider that I'm multi-passionate and I I, I do find something I'm passionate in and then I do get into it really deeply and learn all about it. And then I might go on to the next thing. But what I've learned about myself is that's all still available to me. There's resources from that. You know, I'm still, um, I became a Zoom instructor. I'm still a DJ inside of me. I'm still a choreographer inside of me. I'm still a dancer. And uh, I I fell in love with the the format. I fell in love with the music, um, the way that it was presented. There was a tribe about it, and it was it was so kind of anti exercise at the time. So all the exercise equipment, all the clothes were like gray and black and navy. And Zumba came out with their own clothing line, and it was like Skittles, you know, it was orange and pink. And I was like, oh, I love colors. I get to wear pink pants. Um, and all of the people were so excited about everything they did, and they were all about sharing the music and sharing their choreography. It was so collaborative and community oriented. And I didn't recognize it consciously at the time. But that was part of what I'd been missing so much in my business was that community and belonging to something. And so I got in it and got in it deep. I became an instructor. Um, I started teaching classes. And then, of course, you know, one class is good. Two classes better. But 12 a week is really, really so and there's multiple formats to get um, trained in and so I learned aqua zumba where you actually teach from the side deck of a pool very very physically demanding um, there's zumba gold where you're teaching to older adults or people that may have some sort of injury or maybe they're coming back from a surgery and you're doing very low impact moves I taught a lot of zumba gold because it actually worked best for my body too and I really like showing people you don't have to dance full out and again you don't have have to do everything super, super hard and super intense, you can do something and still get pleasure from it and get benefit from it, you know, in terms of exercise. Mm -hmm. 
I think I'll need the Zumba gold, please. <laughs> it's for everyone. It's the, I think it's the best one because you can really go at your own speed. You can always add the bounce, you know, you can always add extra flair. Um, I, I taught a lot of older adults. Um, one of my favorite memories is there was some kind of, um, uh, fancy retirement communities in Austin that I was able to go and contract with and I was able to teach um, older adults. And so one of my favorite classes I had was they were ages 80 to, I had someone in there that was a hundred and it was um, a beautiful facility. They had kind of like a a movie theater, but instead of seats, they had couches (laughs) And then at the front of the room, they had um, a wooden floor, like a dance floor, and then they had a full stage. So they'd bring in musical productions for them. They'd bring in a band for them. They'd have dancing. And so I taught from a stage, and then some of them would come up and dance on the hardwood floor, and some of them would sit in the couches out there, some of them with walkers, some of them with canes. And I loved watching this this sea of humanity of all different levels of ability and all different ages they all turned into little kids, you know, it's like they all wanted what we all want, which is to be seen and heard and have fun and play and not be treated for whatever external container is. So I brought the fun. I brought the play. Um, we did different costumes. We had different themes. I had an assistant that would help um, kind of teach also to show different versions because some people were sitting and some people were standing up. And I I got very close to some of the residents and they loved us. They adopted us. They'd make us stay and eat lunch with them. They had a beautiful dining room, you know, that overlooked a green belt. They had like poker nights. They wanted to come back for movie night. Like, and me and my friend were like, what's the minimum age to move in here? All your meals are taken. And you've got, it was kind of like a, it was like a hotel. We're like, this seems pretty good. And I, I think I was 40 something at the time. And so was she. And we're like, oh, you got to be 55. Oh, dang it. Maybe we can be, let's see if we can work our contacts and they make an exception for us. Oh God, I love it. And I was sort of half joking about the Zumba goal, but I'll be honest. I remember when that whole craze happened with like Zumba and I would see like little clips and I honestly I was like, oh, this looks like so much fun because I love to dance and especially Latin dancing. Back in the day, I would like we would hit all the clubs on like Friday and Saturday nights and go to places where they did a lot of like the Latin dancing. Um, but I think for me, I was like, well, why do I have to pay for this? Why can't I just like go to a class? And so I think for me, one of the things it got popular so quickly that it went from like, you know, this craze to like, okay, now you have to buy the videos and now you have to do this. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I won't be doing this. But I love to hear that you were actually an instructor and how much fun it was. And I can't even imagine not, I mean, forget the joy that it gives other people, like what it gave to you, to your spirit. It was my gateway. I, I say it was my gateway drug to wellness. It, it returned me back to myself. It reminded me of different parts of my personality. Um, I started to build a community. I set up um, different dance studios. I could be an entrepreneur. So I'd, I would contract with dance studios for an hour. I started marketing. My students started following me around town. Um, I started actually at the church I was going to, a non-denominational church. And it took me six months of lobbying them to finally get it available. And all I wanted to do was give it to them free because it brought 
me joy. And I thought it would bring people joy. And so I remember meeting with my associate pastor, who I really liked. We were, of course, having coffee. Um, so many meetings are held at Starbucks. The deals are done. And I said, you know, Ted, what is it going to take to to bring, like, I want to do this for my people. Like, this church has given me a lot. I've made a lot of my friends here. Like, I want to do this. I want to give something back. And he said, yeah, you know, around the offices, we have your nickname is, and so my last name as well. And he said, we call you Laura who runs through brick walls. And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, so basically what you're telling me is just a matter of time if I just keep, you know, at you. And he's like, yeah, he said, I can get this pushed through for you. So I... I had a friend who was teaching classes. I asked her to come and kind of be my point person. And I wanted to make it as easy for people to go in. So like you were saying, so many places, you know, you had to sign up for a membership or you had to do this or do that. So all they had to do was sign up, sign a waiver and go in. That was it. And so I had her as the point person. And that night it was raining. It was cold. It was January. It was January 10th, 2011. So one, one, zero, two, zero, one, one. So lots of ones, uh, which to me is significant. I'm a numer I like numerology. And I prayed. I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, I don't know. How are the people going to come? It's cold. They don't want to get out. They don't want to exercise. This is a new thing. They don't even know what it is. They don't know me. Well, they kind of know me. So I just prayed that there would be enough people in the room for it to feel fun and that I would know the words to say. I said, just, you know, bring them to me. So I did at the at the time I was someone that, you know, observed the Bible a lot. And so I just did Bible roulette and just popped it open. And so it was um, Jeremiah, oh, I'm probably gonna be wrong here, 1129, correct me. <laughs> but it was basically for, I know the plans I have for you, plans to, um, for you to be successful, for you, basically for you to thrive, not for you to die. And it was the perfect, perfect, you know, scripture, mantra, overarching theme, because that's my desire for the people that were coming. And so I was just like, come on, just 10 people, 12 people. So I was up on the stage and people were coming in and people were coming in, the waivers were getting signed and the room was getting full and it was getting full and it was getting full. And I was like, okay. And so I kicked off I started on time. I kicked off the dance. People kept filling in and filling in. And, you know, you're trying to get these big moves going. And for those of you that are listening, I'm gesturing um, very badly, kind of like a cabbage patch scenario uh, dance. <laughs> and they were so crammed in there. And my friend was helping at the back of the room. She threw open the double doors at the back of the room and they were in the hallway. And so I just danced my little heart out and I talked to the people and I, I just gave them everything, you know, kind of J-Lo would say, you know, leave it all on the floor. And I played that song at the very end, just the way you are. And the room was kind of dimly lit. It was a, I think it was a youth group room. So they usually would have a band there and you could alter the, the lighting. So I kind of had it club-ish. So it was a little dark in there. And I just remember playing that music and looking out over this sea of people and it was almost like there was a hundred moons all of their faces were just like shining bright and I was just like yes this is what I this is the thing this is what I wanted to gift to them is that feeling and so eventually the people you know they stayed they talked they left and my friend came in she'd been at the back of the room cheering me on another friend too and she said um guess how many people were here tonight and I was like I have no idea like I don't know how many this room holds um I was just in the moment trying to remember my routines and I was like I don't know 40 and she's like more I said 50 she said more I said 60 she said Laura I lost track around 75 she said I have no idea how many people were here she said you know, the, we ran out of waivers and people said they didn't care. They just went in. And so, again, I was just kind of blown away by 
not so much the trend, but the the energy, like what I know now to be true, which is it was coming from a place of service. It was coming from my heart. It was coming from, this is what I want to share with people. And I want them to have what I have, which is joy and freedom and freedom of expression. And they felt that and they came and they had that. And we had that all together. And it was just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting all teary-eyed just talking about it because it was such a beautiful moment in time. Oh, gosh, I got all kinds of chills as you were like sharing. That's so beautiful. And you're so right. I think it the moment you were just in your heart space and you're like, you knew your intention, what you were doing, what you were trying to create. And it's just spilling out of your heart, like sharing your love and your joy and your healing. Um, and then the universe responded and they're like, don't worry about it. You even got your confirmation reading that passage that says, okay, you just be and do you and we'll take care of the rest. And the next thing you know, you have a room that's like bursting at its seams, basically. <laughs> it was. And I was scrambling to take care of my now people, you know, my group. So um, I talked to the pastor and I said, is there any way I could have the room longer? And they're like, well, sure, you have it the whole night. So um after a second week of it being super crowded, I figured out a plan to have two classes, have them back to back. And I gave myself a luxurious 15 minute break. So again, I, I, I'm so grateful for my poor body that had been through so much with my previous work that it was able to um, put up with me. And I did take some B12 supplements. I can't remember what they are called, but I would just slam those down in between. And I'm sure there's some caffeine in there too. And then just hit the music and go. And so I was teaching about 100 or more people per night and, not, and once a week, not, not like every night, but yeah. And super, super fun. Oh my gosh. I love that. And were there people that came up to you? Was there kind of any feedback other than of course they loved, you know? Like <laughs> oh yeah. There was plenty of feedback. I, um, I'll tell you the, the, the top one and I'll tell you the not so great one. So I was using email. I was gathering their email addresses and I was letting them know about the classes and, um, I was trying to get them to kind of sign up, like have cohorts that were kind of set. And then I was letting everyone know, like, if the church approves, we'll have this next semester kind of thing. So I kind of had topped out and it was based on physical room and safety. You know, if they're too crowded, they can hurt each other. They can hurt, they can tear up their knees, that kind of stuff. So I had to turn someone away for one of the cohorts and I was offering her the other section. And she wrote me back this really angry letter. She was so mad that she couldn't get in. And I, I don't know how I had the wisdom, but I just stepped away from it for 24, 48 hours. And I just paused and I listened and I thought, oh my gosh, she really needs this. This is really important to her. There's something big going on in her life. And this is her balm or her medicine or her way to get away from whatever's going on, you know, her, her, her self-care. And so I was able to write her an email back from a place of compassion and say, I hear you. I see you. This is something I'm doing. It's free. This is, I'm doing my best. These are the, these are kind of some of the limitations I'm working with. You know, I would love to break these rules. However, I'm looking out for the best of everyone, just like I'm looking out, you know, to make sure you're not getting hurt and saying, here's your options. You can come to this or I'll put you first on the list for next semester. Um, and so that was very surprising to me that I was giving away something free and somebody was mad <laughs> that they weren't getting it in the way they wanted. But I do, I, I did understand what she meant because yeah, when you're out of sorts and you need that thing and you see it, you really want it. Um, 
the other one that was kind of prophetic and very, um, very loving. I, I, I mean, I got a lot of feedback. They wanted more classes. So that's what spurred me to set up more around town. But um, I had one lady that stayed afterwards because I would always read. I'd always find some piece of scripture at the end to read and just talk about with them not preach to them, just talk about it, talk to them about how it affected me, talk to them about what words stood out that maybe I'd meditated on. Um, so I didn't have any, <laughs> I haven't been to seminary. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was just listening to my intuitive guidance, right? And so after one of those, I had this woman come up to me and she goes, you know, I think one day you would be a really great teacher and preacher. And I listened to her and I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then later I went home and I was thinking about that because after these things, I was high as a kite. I would stay up till one or two in the morning, just deliriously excited at how great I felt and how you know great everyone else felt. And so I was laying there in bed thinking about that. And all of a sudden I had this thought like, I'm not going to be a teacher or a preacher. Like I am. I'm teaching them dancing. I'm I'm speaking to them about spiritual things. Like I'm already doing that. And so that actually has really that affirmation from a stranger has really led me into the work that I do now and you know someone saw me. They saw into me into some of my innate gifts and they called them out and it was I was able to really stand in that truth and continue forward and to develop them even more fully. I love that. I mean, it's like the perfect messenger showed up to kind of show you a reflection of like, okay, look at everything that you're doing. And then you got it. You're just like, okay, hold mm-hmm. on. wait, that is me. I'm doing it now. <laughs> I was like, take a look around. I've got scripture. Yeah. I'm teaching you dances. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, I love this because, um, you know, usually when I'm talking to people about their healing journeys, you know, it it kind of navigates into a slightly different space, which we went to a little bit. But I love that, you know, we're talking about dancing, because I know for me, I love to dance, and I probably don't do enough of it. And, um, you know, I love that that's been such a big part of your healing journey, and to bring in that joy and how you were able to take that and not just kind of heal yourself, but offer that as a way to kind of express your teaching, your love, your healing, your light, like, you know, it has so Mm -hmm. much impact. And I think a lot of times people think of healing journeys and it needs to look a certain way. And, you know, you like watch YouTube videos and you went to a coach and you went to these healers. Or you go to an ashram or, yeah, (laughs) or you have to do ayahuasca. Right. It's all like valid, but I love that it's kind of coming back to something that I share a lot about, which is, you know, people look at, for example, meditation, they look at it a certain way and it doesn't have to be. Dance could be meditation, just doing artwork, going in nature, like whatever makes you joyful, whatever makes you happy, what inspires you. These are all different forms of meditation. It's just that people look at it like, oh, my God, I can't sit and just, you know, I got too much stuff going on in my head. And I think that's part of it, too. Like people just learning that it's not that there are so many other options. So I love that this has been such a big piece of your story of dancing. And it just it made me smile. Right. Because when you're talking about dancing, I'm like, yeah, we have to dance. <laughs> like, and to me, meditation is bringing the majority of your energy into a focal point. And again, that focal point could be a visualization. It could be something you're listening to. 
meditation could be being all in for washing the dishes. Meditation can be like, if, if all you can do is pay attention to what you're doing, you're meditating. You're in the moment. Um, I surf. And let me tell you what, I am not thinking about what I'm going to eat. I'm not worried about what I'm going to wear that evening. I don't care that my hair is a giant mess. All I'm focused on is how things feel. How do my feet feel? What is the water doing under there? Where am I going? Where's the position of my body? I am in that moment so succinctly. And like I said, the majority of my energy is with me. And that's kind of how I think of meditation now. And yeah, what dance it is, if, especially if you're trying to learn a new song and you're watching someone on the stage and you're like, are they going to my right or their right? Or should I flip it? Or, you know, uh, there is a lot of that. There is. I love how you um, kind of framed that in terms of meditation. I think that's so important to also kind of share as a message out there. And wow, I love it. You're a surfer. Wow. That is so cool. I know. I'm the silver surfer from San Angelo. So if you're watching me on video, I don't know if you can see all of them, but there's some beautiful silver in with my gold. Uh, lots and lots of wisdom. <laughs> well, yeah, I love and that, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, and that was um, something that came to me um, through, I would say, a process of unconscious manifestation. I wrote down goals and dreams I had a long time ago. And one of the things I said was I wanted to go to Costa Rica by this date. And then I also said, I wanted to learn how to surf by age 50. And at age 49, I learned how to surf. And by age 50, I was in Costa Rica um, on a photo shoot. And I was a hair toss, hair toss. Um, I was an international surfwear model for a friend of mine's company. That's all inclusive for all women, all ages, all sizes, all shapes, all colors. And it's a, a UPF product that keeps you safe in the sun, keeps you from uh, the rash that you can get under your arms from paddling, uh, from, you know, when you hit the the reef or whatever, it protects you from all of that. So, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it has panned out beautifully. Um, but, yeah, surfing, dancing has led to surfing for sure. Gosh, I love this so much. That's so amazing. And, you know, I, I know we're just moving along and flowing in our conversation. I didn't even get a chance to ask you yet about, you know, your foundation, the healing center. Is that something you would like to chat about or? Sure, I'd love to. Um, because again, I would say it ties nicely into my Zumba story, which is I had been, um, thinking about this for a long time. I had partnered with some women. I had uh, around 2018, 2019, and for a while through the 2020, um, I call it the the gap year. <laughs> it's where all of us just had some time to figure out what the heck we're doing. Um, I wasn't sure what direction it was going to take. I was trying to kind of reposition and I kept trying to like force something to happen. And it was finally when I said, what brings your heart joy? What is the best expression of your gifts? How do you love to serve? What is natural for you? What feels like breathing to you? What feels like Zumba? What feels like Zumba to you? And that's when I was able to really tap into my passion and figure out the vision, the current vision, which again, I'm multi-passionate. So if you check back with me in a year, we might've, you know, shifted position. Um, so the nonprofit is called Hearts of Healing Center. And as I mentioned before, I'm very grateful. I had two co-founders. One of them was kind of the, hey, we need to do this thing in our town. And I was like, yes, I've been trying to get a collaborative group of holistic healers together for a long time. And we decided we wanted to have a wellness center, a physical wellness center. And so as 
2020 came along and said, we don't really need buildings anymore. Everyone just needs a screen or two or three. Um, we were, I'm very grateful that we were curtailed from signing a lease and having a building. And it made me look at how I wanted to roll out that vision. And so currently I have a collective of holistic healers and we work remotely. We are able to work not only in person, but also via Zoom. We are able to work over the phone. We are able to work through Clubhouse. We are able to work through FaceTime, through many different mediums to be able to help facilitate healing. And because I have been so blessed with so many resources and so many people and so many mentors in all of the different ways that I've healed, and I'm so curious about healing, I feel like it's my way to give back. And like I said, I get joy from it. It's super fun to me to learn new modalities. Um, when someone comes as a partner with me, I'm like, oh, what do you do? Oh, you do emotional release. How do you do that? I, okay. I want to be your first, let me practice, you know, let me be your practice student. I want to, I want to find out how that works. I want to understand it. Um, so the, the smaller vision, uh, and I think of them as kind of concentric circles, first and foremost is the work that I love to do. And I love to work with people one-on-one -on -one as a, a life coach. I love to work with them with Reiki. I also have a couple of um, healing modalities that helps people release trapped emotions um, so we all have experiences, we make stories out of them, and sometimes they're not exactly accurate. They get trapped in our body as kind of miscommunication, or as I like to think of our bodies like computers, they're just bad code. They're just viruses. We need to get them out. We need to unprogram them and get back to our original divine code, which is the truth of who we are and what we're able to, to be our true potential. So I work with clients individually. My next circle out is all of my holistic healers. So I work in partnership with them. I have some free offerings. We do some things online, on Zoom, with faces, interactive, kind of like little mini workshops where we get to know people. And then they're able to have kind of some experiences that may facilitate their process. They may one and done come to our free thing and it helps them go to the right place next. Um, they may like one of our healers. They may want something else um, and want to stay in relationship with us. If that's the case, we have a community, an online community of spiritual women that are curious and they are you know, developing themselves and they want a safe place to express themselves. So we're not in Facebook. Uh, we are on a private um, platform called Mighty Networks. And I made that choice at the end of 2020 because there was so much craziness going on and, you know, censorship and all of that. And I was like, nope, I need to take my people where it's kind of like a fortress and we can all express what our beliefs are and there's no censorship. There's no one judging what we're doing and there's no commercials popping up and telling us, you know, to buy this, this thing or that. Um, so my healers then are able to talk to and work with our people and our people are able to form that relationship with our healers. And again, whether they choose free options or if they choose other things, I've got some really exciting things coming out for them that are some paid things and some workshops that'll be available just to um, our, our collective group, our, our women's group. And then the next circle out would be all of the people that they affect and they touch. And I know that there's more people out there that are looking for healing. And for a lot of them, some of it just sounds too out there, you know, or it's scary. Like, I'm not going to do ayahuasca. Mother ayahuasca has not called my name. If she does, I'm deaf. <laughs> I've got my phone on silent. Um, there are some modalities that don't resonate with people. And so I recently discovered a modality that is non-invasive that puts your body in a energetic field that prompts your body to heal itself. 
because what I've learned about the body is it is a divine piece of code that is from however you want to look at it, God, universe, flow, source, and it knows how to heal itself. It just needs the right environment. And so this cutting edge technology is something I'm super excited about. I've experienced it myself. I've seen some miracles for myself. My husband has gone with me. Um, There's centers popping up all over the world. The woman that created it is a woman. Um, She's a master healer, a kahuna. And she came to this world and she basically recognized that there was so much destruction that she wanted to heal the world and she was trying to figure out a way to do it. So she basically blended spirituality with science and brought it through in a form with technology that's, it looks very simple, but it's super high tech. Um, I would probably need to pull out my high school physics book to try to re-explain it to you, but I also can't explain Wi-Fi or gravity. So I just understand that it works. I've, I have the embodied experience that it works and I have a lot of other stories, amazing stories of it helping people um, recover from cancer. Um, people that have had strokes and they walk, people that have had um, autoimmune issues and they are tamped down. I myself um, had a thyroid disruption and I now can eat gluten again. So little things, big things, all kinds of things. Um, it also extends your telomeres, which are kind of the uh, the part of your DNA, the very tip end of your DNA. And it's, I think of it like your battery life on your phone. So if your telomeres are shortening, it means uh, shorter life. If you extend that, it means you have a longer life. It also prompts your stem cells in your body to reproduce and go and help heal. It helps um, change your mitochondrial uh, structures. It, it, activates them, they produce more energy, um, and they have some scientific proof for 20, 25 years about how it's helping elevate consciousness. So I'm game on. Like, that sounds amazing to me that it's non-invasive. It's so simple. So people go in a room, there's devices all around the room, they sit in that energy, they sit in a zero gravity chair, and this is the hard part for most people. They close their eyes and they either take a nap or they meditate. And people want to take their phones in there. They want to take their Kindle. They want to take a book. They want to chat. But all you have to do is the one thing that's really hard for most people to do is receive. Receive the blessing. Receive the energy. Allow your body to do what it actually knows how to do, which is heal itself. So that's my big vision, to have an in-person healing room, healing center. Um, I'm in the process of developing the business plan, assembling a team, spreading the word, and then eventually fundraising. So I am, as you can see by my glowy face, if you're watching the YouTube, I'm very, very excited about it. But again, I understand. Um, I'm talking with the universe. I'm like, hey, I'm not attached. Uh, If this takes five years, great. If it takes a year, great. If it takes 10 years, great. I'm game. I love it. And I actually... I'm quite sure I know the technology because I got a chance to experience it in Sedona. There's a center there. So I knew immediately when you're like, oh, it's by a woman. I'm like, okay, I think I know what she's talking about. So we will make sure, because I know that we can only talk so long on this podcast that any information that you have about that, we'll make sure to share in the bio section in case people want to kind of just be like, hey, what is this about? And, you know, which will be amazing because I too believe that, it's so amazing in this day and age that, you know, and we don't want to get into a whole other topic, but 
I know that people have known that there are a lot of technologies that were not available to us that were not public that exist. And so for me, the fact that this is out and it's allowed to expand and be available to people and be affordable, I think is really, really, really amazing. And um, so I'm just really excited to hear that you two are looking to actually create a center and have that available. And I know a lot of people, like I even know that there's like telegram groups that I'm part of where I'm seeing people like trying to create their centers and bring in, you know, all of these things. So I'm just really excited that that's something that you're dipping your toes into. And the other thing that's so interesting is like you, I'm a multi-passionate. So I'm just like, this is what's bringing me joy. This is what's amazing. Okay, I'm flowing over here. And it's like, you know, we just like to enjoy and follow our joy and our flow. And I think it's not for everybody, but that's what works for us. And to just embrace that about ourselves, right? I know that when I was younger, it was so kind of frowned upon. Like I was always made to feel so strange that I had like 10 interests. They're like, what do you mean? You're supposed to focus on one thing. I'm like, really? I like to have three jobs. They're like, what? I said, yeah, I just, I don't like to just do one thing. I get bored. I knew myself. Or four books going at once. I mean, yeah, that's wrong with you know, that. like people just never understood, but somehow I recognized I knew what was right for me. So regardless of what was being said outside that I would just push through and kind of do my own thing, whether people understood it or not. And even more so now, I think as we go through our healing journeys and we're coming back to kind of the core of ourselves and, you know, kind of building our, you know, ourselves back into this, like, who do I want to be without all these other external expectations and things that we've had to sort of all these layers we've had to like pull off of us, right. To be like, who am I at the core? Who would I want to be? And then you just kind of get to create from that space of this is what it is. And um, so I love that, you know, you have a very diverse background in terms of the things that bring you joy. And I love that somehow you make it all work for you. And, you know, I think that's really an important message that, you know, it's follow your joy and it's okay to do something. And maybe you like, okay, I was really enjoying it, but like something else is calling me. I'm not telling people that go jump from like thing to thing, but it's like, do follow that joy. Don't just get stuck because it's like, oh, well, I picked this thing, but I don't like it anymore, but I picked it. So I should like stick with it. Yes. It's another tool in your toolbox. And it's okay to like follow that joy. Like, I think you mentioned this before that if you see five signs for that same thing, there's something there. Like, could be years. <laughs> yeah, it could be for you. <laughs> Go check it out. Well, and everything has a, a beginning and an ending. So I, I think some of the old structures that we're breaking down are around our workflow and our and our work life. Like people now don't have 30 years careers at one job. They might have multiple jobs within the same field. And now we're also starting to see people switching fields and, you know, having a career path and then stopping and then switching completely and doing something else. You know, maybe they were a golf pro and then they become a massage therapist and that's okay also. And so I agree with you, following your joy and see where it takes you. And then to me, the thing I've learned is, is nothing's wasted. You know, the fact that I've got a bunch of random Zumba routines in my head is not a bad thing. You know, when a song comes on um, that I'm moving, um, I have most recently with a friend realized I miss dance. And so she and I created a 
burlesque chair routine and we decided to teach it to some girlfriends and we had so much fun. We decided to teach it as a class online. I'd never taught a dance class online. I learned a lot and it brought back some of my old skills. It brought in new skills. So I think I I kind of think of it like cooking, you know, like sometimes you have, you know, leftovers in the fridge and you don't have a lot to eat. And you're like, what could I do? What could I do? Let's throw it all in a pan. Let's make a frittata, you know, or you've got random things in your pantry and you're like, okay, I've got tomatoes and I've got coconut cream. Okay. I'm going to make some kind of soup. It's the same thing within us. All those experiences that you've had, you can bring them together and create something new for yourself. You can, you still have that skill set. How can you insert it into some other place so that it serves you and serves others? Um, You can bring it back at any time, or you can set it aside for a while because it's, you're not, you're tired of it. 100%. And I love what you said, because I think for me, this is such an important thing. And it maps for my own journey is nothing is ever wasted. And in fact, when you are in a place where you're doing your healing journey and you look back, you'll see how every piece connects to the next piece. And it's bringing you to exactly where you're sitting today. Like I would not have a podcast if I did not go through my healing journey. Like this would not be happening if I didn't go through that. So it's almost sort of like, you know, this whole podcast is like pain to purpose. And that's what it is. It's sort of like, wow, I wouldn't even be sitting here talking to you, Laura, if like all of that (laughs) happened. (laughs) I probably wouldn't have a podcast if I hadn't had some online experiences where I started to notice that I enjoyed being the curious reporter and asking questions and engaging people. And then also our gap year 2020, where so much of our life had to be on screens. I started to go, okay, well, I like doing this activity and I'm really comfortable with technology and what's available for me. And then I looked around to see how those two could blend together and plug in. And I was like, oh, I'll try a podcast. And again, you know, part of my commitment to myself is number one, I can fail at it because failing means you're learning. Um, Number two, I can abandon it. So if it's not for me, if it's too much, I can set it aside because I know I gained some sort of value and I'm absolutely certain I gave some value. And there's a lot of, to me, value and also showing that the authenticity of, oh, I started to go to school for this degree and I decided to quit and I decided to move to the ashram. It gives other people permission to, not get locked into something and to chase what's truly for them. I couldn't agree more. And I just absolutely love that. That's such an important message, you know, and I think you and I both are very much aligned where we're just like, you know, it's so important. Like this is the chance that we're getting to really express ourselves and be in our joy and kind of just share from that space because people know, people know energy. Like they know when something is coming straight from your heart and it's, you know, something that you're really joyful, right? So when you're sharing something, like I can see your face and your eyes light up. It's like, yeah, that's her passion. Like she's loving what she's doing. And I think that's inspiring for people, right? And to just be like, hey, just start to like take little steps. And maybe, you know, you're like something interested you just start, you know, no one's saying you got to take the whole, like, I mean, don't eat the whole cake. I mean, you can. But <laughs> like, take a little bite, right? Like, just start. I think the thing is that 
a lot of times people are so afraid because when I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. Oh my gosh. Like I have no clue, but I just started taking little, little steps. And, you know, here I am like, you know, with a podcast and I'm still learning. I certainly don't know a bunch of things, but I'm learning to just go with the joy and the flow and just trusting the universe that I feel really aligned. I feel like this is my calling right now. And I just enjoy so much connecting with people and just sharing stories. I mean, to me, it's like, this is so fun. (laughs) I like what you said that this is my calling right now. So again, the old structures and the old learnings and the old traditions were, I've got to pick a career and I got to follow it all the way into the grave, as opposed to allowing yourself to just be present with your current level of excitement, your current level of interest. And then again, kind of riding that wave, riding that wave. And then like, oh, I'm done with this. I don't want to be a dentist anymore. (laughs) And then giving yourself permission to chase the next thing. Yes, I love that so much. Well, listen, you and I could keep talking. I know you've got a lot of super exciting things. Oh, yes. I was just going to say, I'm like, it's coming to that time. It would be amazing if you'd be willing to kind of pull a card or two to kind of share with a message for the collective. That would be so fun. Absolutely. So um, the card deck that I pulled from you're familiar with because we shared Uh, a wonderful moment on Clubhouse where I was doing card readings from a card deck that I created. So this was actually, this follows in line with what we're talking about. I was sitting, meditating and asking, how do I help the world? I'm just one person. I'm just a coach. I don't know how to get my message out there. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I heard Daily Heart. And I had been posting pictures on Facebook when I was traveling, when they would pop up in my, these signs for me, and they would always pop up at very special moments where I would be frustrated or sad. And then I'd see a heart somewhere. And so I thought, okay, universe, I'm just supposed to post pictures on Facebook. Like, how's this going to help me, you know, have a living or get clients, like all the businessy things. And so the universe was like affirmations. And I was like, oh, I am really good as a coach at affirming people. So I just followed followed the little line of, of thought there or at the kind of the wisp of inspiration. And I um, I basically kind of was told to paint some things and to come up with some words for things. So it started around February 1st. Um, I completed everything around the 10th. It got sent off to a printer and I had it in my hands shortly after Valentine's Day. So my daily heart affirmation deck was born in the month of love appropriately. Um, This is one of the, this is the cover, the back cover that I painted. And again, I painted all the paintings of the cards themselves. And then I woke up one morning, I was like, oh, but it's a card deck. You have to have one like cover photo. And so I was like, what is that going to be? And all of a sudden it just dropped in and I could see it. And so I practiced painting this on several canvases until I felt like I could just paint it from freehand. Uh, So it is a deck of 40 cards. They're all unique watercolor paintings. Water actually um, in the spiritual world represents our emotions. So I thought that was really perfect. Um, I'm not a professional painter. I have not been professionally trained. These were all, I'd say, just prompted by spirit. And they are all different colors. They all look different. And I had different phrases or words that were given to me. And at a certain point, I went to all of the paintings. And I was like, who are you? And the painting would be like, 
my heart is strong. And I was like, oh, okay. And so that would be the phrase that would get under, underneath it. So they, the phrases got married <laughs> with the paintings. And then I realized that one of my skills as a coach is asking good questions. So I came up with a prompt for each card and I trusted that they would go out in the world and do what they were supposed to do. And I thought people would just buy the decks and journal with them or use them on their yoga mat. But what I've found is one of their greatest power is that when I use them with others is it gives me the capacity to not only open my heart to them, but for them to open their heart to me. And when there are two hearts open together, there's this beautiful energetic field that is formed and beautiful messages drop in. And I'm able to hear those and receive those for others. So the card that I have pulled for the collective is so beautiful. Let's see if I can get that up there without a glare. My heart is hopeful. And it says, what am I hoping for? And I have to say that hope is not something that I've always connected with because I have had a lot of bouts of deep depression. In fact, I had one in March. And the thing that depression does is it blinds you from seeing or hearing hope. It lies to you and tells you there is no hope. There will never be any hope. Um, Hope is gone. Um, As if hope were the sun, the depression blots it out. And so if you are able to move to a space where you can find some hope, then I know for me, if I can find a teeny tiny glimmer of hope, then I'm on the right path. And usually the predecessor to hope I find um, that helps me get there is actually gratitude. And gratitude can be the simplest of things. It can be, I'm grateful for my breath. Um, When I've been super, super depressed, I've been able to get to a place where I can say, I'm grateful for this warm washcloth on my tear-stained face. And that was it. That was my gratitude for the day. Um, Gratitude has the capacity to change our chemical structure in our body, even if we don't sense into that. And so that gratitude is a nice starting place to get you to realize that all is not lost. There is something sustaining you. There is some good in the world and it can be the gateway to hope. And hope um, to me is all about the dreams and desires we have. So I hear people like, oh, I hope I'll win the lottery or I hope I'll meet that special someone. And then they almost immediately will cancel it out and go, oh, I shouldn't hope for that. That's too big. Or, oh, you know, I'm, I'm too old to meet someone, the right person. But what I believe is that Hope is always, always, always in our heart. It is a teeny tiny flickering flame. Sometimes it's raging. Sometimes it's 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 hidden behind something, especially when we are going through a major emotional experience like depression or grief or something else, but it's still in there. And sometimes we have to look for it. And hope has been placed in your heart because it is who you are. Hope is the thing that brings us forward. Hope is those little ideas, those desires, those crazy ideas. Oh, I should open a donut factory, you know, and hoping that it could happen. That's an energy that helps propel you very gently and move in that direction of something that looks shiny to you on the other side. Maybe it looks impossible, but it's hope that is that energetic or magnetic um, force that is starting to draw you towards something that's actually for you. Because I believe that God would not put it in your heart if it was not for you in some way, shape, or form. So I believe that hope is one of the most important things that we can ever tap into, however we tap into it, be it little, 
or big, um, but just starting to listen to it, that it is it is actually connecting us to the truth of who we are and the truth of who we are becoming. And it brings us to the next place, which we've talked about so much, which is joy. Oh, my goodness. I love that so much. And <laughs> I'm like, that was beautiful because it's not just that you shared a card, like you actually shared coaching and you shared some questions for people to ponder about. So I hope that everyone that's tuning in actually takes the time to like ask themselves some of those questions and really just sort of be like, oh, wow. Okay. A little bit of homework if they choose, but a beautiful exercise nonetheless, but what a beautiful deck. And I have had the opportunity to receive a reading uh, from Laura very recently, which was so beautiful and so on point. And I love the inspiration of what you've created. And it's been such a beautiful conversation and I <laughs> love getting to know different pieces of your life and your healing story and what you're looking to create, what you've created. I can just feel all the energy and excitement around it. So for everyone that's tuning in, all of Laura's information, of course, will be in the bio section everywhere that this gets posted. I also wanted to make sure to let you share, Laura, because I know you have something coming up next week. So I didn't want to wrap up the session without you sharing. So I wanted to give you a moment to share that. Thank you so much, V. Um, yes, next Tuesday, I have uh, an online free session. It's called Readings and Reiki. And I have an amazing partner. Her name is Christina Berry. And the two of us pull cards. We love pulling cards. We feel like they are uh, a reflection of what's going on. Um, we see them as either an affirmation or a confirmation or additional information for us to use to process, for us to go forward. And we do a collective reading for the people that are there at the meeting. Um, we usually record it. So if you watch it later, then it's for you. And then we do a few what I call speed reads. So we'll draw for names and we'll do a couple of people and we'll do some short readings for them. And again, we both get extra divine intuitive messages, not just what the card says or the booklet says, and we share those with you. And then we also have at the very end, we'll pull another name for someone who gets a private reading with both of us, where we both sit down and pull cards for them. Um, the speed readings are usually just one of us, and they're really short. And the uh, the last one, the freebie at the very end that we have people stay after for is about 20 or 30 minutes, and it's a little more in-depth. And we finish off our session with Reiki. So Reiki is a ancient form of healing. It's from Japan. It is very gentle. It works with the body. It works with all that's going on. It does no harm. And so we usually wrap up um, the session close to nine o'clock central time, which a lot of you know, people are winding down that might be later on the East Coast, but we like to send them to bed with a little bit of soothing Reiki uh, for their system. It's transmitted at a distance with their permission, uh, the two of us collectively sending that energy. And so uh, we have found from our uh, meetings and the people that have reported back that it's it's usually very peaceful, very relaxing. They're able to drift off to sleep easily. Uh, they feel like that it helps with their nervous system just kind of turn down a little and, and sink into sleep. So that'll be on March 7th. It's at 7.30 Central Standard Time. And the best way to connect with me is to go to my Instagram account, go to my links and bio. Everyone's got the links. And one of the buttons is a button for 
the newsletter. So if you'll sign up there, um, you'll get information about how to sign up for it. There should also be an active button for the, the session itself. So you can actually directly sign up there. So whichever one works for you, there's two buttons available to you. Um, but that is next Tuesday, March 7th. So thanks, Vee. I appreciate that. Amazing. Well, I hope that you have an amazing turnout. I will try to be there myself. So <laughs> so that'll be really fun. But just thank you again so much. It's been so much fun. It's been such a joy to get to know you more today and to share all this amazing information. I know that everyone that's tuning in now or in the future, there's just so many wonderful, beautiful things. And you know, for me, what really stands out is just this whole conversation about following your joy. And I think um, that to me was one of the loudest messages out of this today. And so I'm super grateful. Thank you again for joining me. And I can't wait to catch everyone on the next episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Elevate with V. I'm super grateful for your precious time that you take to listen to these episodes. I hope that there were some valuable insights and tools to map onto your own journey. If you think that this content would be valuable for somebody else that you know, I would greatly appreciate you sharing it. If you have been loving this podcast, I would so appreciate it if you would follow, rate five stars, and leave an amazing review on Apple Podcasts, and please follow and rate five stars on Spotify. Higher ratings and great reviews allows this content to get out to more people. Let's support each other and elevate together. Thank you again for spending your time listening and tuning in each week. I look forward to catching you on the next episode.